On today's Locked On Twins, we're going to talk about the great bullpen experiment that the Twins appear to be embarking upon in lieu of adding a number two starter. So we'll break that down. We'll talk about some non-roster invitees and whatever else we find time to today. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? What's happening? We are back at it again with another Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And joining me, spring training reporter saying he's in the best shape of his life, answer Dave Brown. Dave, how are we this eve? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in better shape than I was, but uh, of the, my life, I, I would not admit that, no. But thank you. Well, we'll uh, we're just going to run with it, so... It is what it is. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And, of course, as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the app, the Game Time app, that is. Create an account and use code Locked On for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Locked On has also launched its first ever, the first ever, National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is what it's called. And it's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. And Locked On Minnesota is another one you may want to check out on YouTube. That's our uh, friends. There's Ron Johnson and... Reggie Wilson, Sam Ekstrom. We've got all kinds of fun locked on shows. Locked on Vikings with Luke Braun is a personal favorite of mine. But yeah, check out the whole locked on family. Now, Dave Brown, I kind of sprung this on you, but uh, tonight we are going to talk about the great bullpen experiment. And what I mean by that is we've kind of both deduced that if the Twins aren't actually going to add a number two starter, like you and I, I think both agree they should or could at least stand to do well doing, that uh, they've just opted to load up on interesting bullpen arms. What uh, Do you think that's an apt way to state what you said or what you believe, or am I misstating it? No, I think, that's, I think that is exactly what's going on. Um, they're, you know, with whatever their reasons, TV money or just cheapness. Um, you know, they're, they're, the Levine and Falvey are figuring out how to uh, make the team better in lieu of adding a super expensive free agent type to the rotation, which, like you said, I think we both think they could use, especially after losing Sonny Gray. Um and with some, uh, we're not sure, kind of situations about some of the other guys in the rotation. So uh, they're going to bulk up. And it's it's smart baseball anyway because yeah. um, bullpens are uh, – it's easy to run out of guys. You know, some, you know teams like to have the, the shorter starters, and it's, it's easy to run out of 
of good relief pitchers. So you can't ever have enough. I think it's really smart on a couple of different levels. Yeah, bullpen by definition is going to be volatile because it's smaller sample sizes. It's guys, if you get, you know, if you get hit hard, you know, three runs and a third of an inning, that can screw up your ERA for a month or better. And if that's a sustained struggle, then it could be worse. You know, when we saw guys like even Joe Ryan as a starter had a tough spell that kind of wrecked his ERA. So a reliever, it's a lot more possible to discuss or to for it to happen. I think Stephen Okert is a good example of that where he had a patch, basically the end of the season, the second half of the season that waylaid what was a really good first half. So to have some balance, to have some uh, depth is certainly not going to hurt. Now I looked at last year's roster, and this is assuming I did math correctly, which is, it's never guaranteed. I saw 19 relievers used, less position players, because Willie Castro pitched and Jordan Luplo pitched. So assuming my math is correct, 19 relievers were used. They were fairly healthy in the rotation, and I only counted pitchers who pitched um, exclusively or almost exclusively as relievers. So like Jose De Leon made a start, and who's an opener, basically. Emilio Pagan opened, basically. So I didn't. I counted those guys as relievers. Um, so 19 relievers. That was on a Twins team that I think was fairly healthy. So if if you were to say 20 relievers, you know, if you want to roll 20 deep with relievers, would you say that's probably a fair estimate? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like you said, circumstances, uh, health, and, uh, you know, how, how many innings they're going to get out of the starting rotation, even if it's healthy, uh, is questionable. So you, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of always been said that you can't have enough relief pitching, but in this day and age, even on a staff that is projected to have one of the top, let's say one of the five best, most wars in the league, um, you, you're not going to be able to get through it the, the season or be in a good position in the playoffs. If you, if you have holes in, in the bullpen, that's going to kill you. So uh, good on the twins for doing it like this. So roster resource has the twins with an eight man bullpen. I don't know that that's anything unusual because five starters, eight relievers gets you to 13 and then you have 13 position players. It's a nice balance. And actually I think that's the most pitchers you can have by rule. Isn't it 13? I think 13 and 13. That's true. Although they have, they did have brief adjusting that, but um, either way, 13 is correct. Yes. Either way, 13 is a safe bet. Like they're going to go 13. So, the projected bullpen, and I'm just going to do it in the order that they have it, is Joan Duran, Griffin Jacks, Brock Stewart, Caleb Thielbar, Justin Topa, Stephen Okert, Josh Stelmont, and Jay Jackson. Now, I don't know that I would say those eight are written in stone, but it's probably a pretty good bet that it's going to be those eight, assuming health and all that. Now, when it comes to guys who have options from that eight, you're looking at, so I got to scroll up here. Uh, Duran, who's not going to probably use him. Jax, who's probably not going to use him. Brock Stewart has none. Thielbar, none. Okert, none. Jay Jackson, none. One for Stalmont, two for Justin Topa. So, team out of options tends to win a lot of those battles. And for guys on the outside looking in who have zero. Uh, options you'd be looking at if Matt Bowman, Jordan Balazovic, guys like that make the team. 
So there will be some jostling. There will be some motion. And those guys aren't on the roster right now. So they, they don't have to be subjected to waivers if they start the season in St. Paul, whatever. But as far as the first eight, does anything really stand out to you? I mean, it's a, that's a good bullpen. It's a strong bullpen, one through eight. Dave, you're muted. I did the mute again. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one through eight. Is that that's a strong bullpen? But I mean, is that kind of what you th- are expecting to see? You had asked before if anything surprised, and it was surprised me. And I thought it was funny that Topa's got a couple of options, and uh, he's, he's like thirty-three. Right, and, and uh, he's going to be a key guy. But it's nice to have in in your pocket, if nothing else. And and to just kind of reiterate what that means is. I think if you have two options, that means you have two seasons in which you can be sent to the minors without uh, permission or, you know, uh, at some point you accrue uh, tenure and you need to, uh, you would, you could not be sent to the minors. I don't think without, you know, your, your ascent. Um, So that's uh, something that is nice to have, especially if Topa doesn't necessarily work out. Now, I look at roster resource, too, and one of the things that I, I see with the, the guys who are in uh, either in starting pitchers or um, relievers that you should know, there's people who uh, have played roles before and certainly could again. You know, Jorge uh, Alcala and uh, Cody Funderburk and, and Josh Winder, you know, these are guys who've spent some significant innings with the twins and they also have added Zach Weiss this off season. And um, did I mention Cole Sands and there's other, and you mentioned Jordan uh, Balzovich. Um, so you know, these guys, most of these guys that I've mentioned also have options. You said Jordan doesn't have any more, but um, you know, it's, it's going to take five, six, 10 maybe of these guys, depending on how the rest of the season goes uh, with injuries for everyone else and, and along with performance. So it's key to have this depth and this flexibility and the twins have a little bit of both. Yeah, no question about that. Let's take a quick second, give some love to our friends at FanDuel. We come back, we're going to talk more about this great bullpen experiment. As I've devised kind of a tier system for how I view these guys top down. And once we get to the number... 19 or 20, we'll get a feel for when the Twins will really be digging deep and who they might end up going to. But again, first, a word from FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me watching the Wolves take on Portland, getting ready to go into the end of the first half, All-Star Weekend and all that fun stuff, you're, you're just like me. You're excited. I'm excited. I want to see where this Wolves team is going to go right now. They're blowing the barn doors off Portland. But right now, too, you can, if you're a new customer, get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. So if you put down five on the Wolves tonight, I like your chances. That's $150 if your bet wins. So bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and much, much more. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. All right, we're into the bullpen and we are still talking about the bullpen. And so we talked one through eight. And if 
the season were to start today and you told me that was going to be the eight, I would have no issues with that. That would be fairly, it'd be good. It'd be whatever. But the next tier I have, and I, I may want to revisit these because I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five tiers. And maybe a couple guys I could bump up into uh, a tier above. But the tier beneath the top eight still has some pretty intriguing guys. Number nine, Louis Varland. I mean, the fact that Louis Varland isn't penciled into this bullpen right now for rotation uh, is, is an interesting thing. I don't, I don't think they'd let him waste bullets at St. Paul. So I think in some form or fashion, while you can't put him in either of those roles in Sharpie right now, I would say the odds of him breaking camp with the big league club are pretty strong. That's interesting. I um, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I'm i not sure. I have it not being down in spring training. I'm not sure if uh, anyone's asked Louie exactly how his offseason has gone. I'm not sure how long it takes a guy to who is a reliever mostly one season to uh, stretch himself out into starter. I, I'm sure the process starts – you know, in November or whenever they, they pick up a ball again. Um, but still there's uh, games. You want to get game experience. You want to be competitive as a starter. It's not just about practice and yeah. uh, working out and all that stuff. So I think it depends on how, you know, spring training progresses. I can see it kind of going either way. One thing is that, um, and, and it also depends on, you know, if is, is, is Paddock, uh, coming along is Desclafani's yep. coming coming along. Are those guys going to be ready opening day? Because if the Twins have four starters, re- at least four ready opening day, typically you know how this goes. Yep. They, you don't need the fifth guy for a couple of weeks sometimes because of all the off days. So um, yeah, I, I think it, it how the season could go. It's possible that the Twins might end up with six guys in the rotation, but that's not necessarily how it's going to be on opening day. So do you want Varland stretching himself out and getting used to competing as a starter in St. Paul? I think there's some value in that. Um, And if you, you know, are you going to need him in the bullpen in April? I'm not sure. I think we, I don't know if we disagree, but I think there's a possibility it might turn out differently than you're thinking. Uh, Not to say that you're wrong, but it could be different. Well, and we get so, you know, at this time we get so married into the idea of what's the opening day roster going to look like. Well, you know, a few years back, Tyler Austin made the opening day roster and was on the team for like three days. You know, there's, there's, you know, we want to put everything into neat and tidy 26 man boxes, you know, five starters, eight relievers, nine starting offensive players, four bench players. Well, yeah, in, in general, that works and makes sense, but there's just so much fluidity that you can't really bake into those predictions or projections. And so we do spend a lot of time and spill a lot of digital ink on these things for them to basically blow up anyway. You know, suddenly Willie Castro not only makes the team, but is on the team all season long when he was an NRI and you didn't think he was going to break club, break camp with the team. So again, you know, we do a lot of work, but I have a lot of fun with it, but, in general, it doesn't matter that much. Uh, so in this tier, though, I have Varland, Cody Funderburk, Zach Weiss. I want to call him Zach Weiss because of the, the beer, Honey Weiss. And then uh, Jorge Alcala. 
Um, all guys with big league experience, uh, some more than others, all guys who would probably be among the first to get called upon in a need situation. But um, if any of these four was not only a good, but very good reliever this season, I don't know that I would be all that shocked because they have some of the components for what you look for in a, in a good reliever, whether it's velocity, a uh, good slider, um, mound presence, you know, that sort of thing. It's true. And it's also kind of a, a, another, an interesting, another interesting side to uh, going back to the twins, putting some uh, money and roster spots into people like Jack, Jay Jackson. Um, when, you know, they had these other guys that you just mentioned in that tier who've given them innings before. And with the way relievers are, you know, even though they, they maybe didn't have their best results last year, um, they're talented enough that you could see them kind of breaking through and uh, yeah. giving the team a super amount of depth. And, um, but I, I, if I were an organization, I would do it how the twins are. And I would err on the side of, well, we need more depth. We need more certainty. And if these guys work out too, all the better. And it's probably uh, to their benefit and the team's benefit that we're not necessarily depending on them for uh, great performances um, more than they've shown before in, in the major leagues. And it's, but that doesn't mean that they can't in spots and in certain contexts give the twins better innings than they have before and fulfill uh, the talent that they've shown uh, to be put in the situation in the first place. Yeah. I mean, if a year ago you told someone what kind of season Brock Stewart was going to have, I think that they wouldn't have believed you. Uh, Griffin right. Jacks similarly, and even Jay Jackson to that extent. And I honestly, I'm shocked they signed Jay Jackson. I didn't think they would bring in another big league contract reliever. I thought they'd start kind of circling the drain with, the NRI types, some more of those. Again, I keep coming to back to Brad Hand because he's born in Minnesota, but um, they don't seem as sentimental as maybe Twins fans are for that kind of stuff. Uh, so we're 12 deep through two tiers. The next tier is pretty crowded, but it's the guys who either have a little bit of big league service time <laughs> or are close to it. Um and it's like a bullpen worth of guys who could all be eh, kind of interesting. So I'm just going to read it top down. Starting with number 13, Matt Cantorino, who got some big time love from our friend Aram Layton, who is on the show uh, not long before you joined as a co-host. But he loves Matt Cantorino. If Cantorino can stay healthy, he could be nasty. But then you have Brent Hedrick, Jordan Balazovic, Daniel Duarte, Cole Sands, Josh Winder, Ronnie Enriquez, Cody Lorison, and AJ Alexi. And then there's two guys from another, three guys from another tier that I think you could bump up. We'll, we'll talk about them in a minute, but any one of those guys like could pop through. You got maybe Stans or Winder is your eighth guy because you need some length. You could go the route of bringing Balazovic back with the curveball he has, the death ball. You know, maybe he finds some consistency. Maybe Cantorino stays healthy and you finally get a look at him. But again, this is for, for relievers 13 through 21. Again, still pretty solid depth. Yeah, and this is where the the pitching a team's an organization's pitching development uh, makes a huge difference. It's uh, and, and these are guys that possibly could help you in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. um, in short relief, um, some of them uh, 
maybe as uh, as openers, uh, minor league depth, as trade depth. Um, these are all um, guys that um, you know have potential, but haven't necessarily shown their results in the major leagues. But the better your pitching development is, the more I don't want to call them lottery tickets, but the more times you're going to hit on guys to uh, come up and and give you something and show something for other teams too, and give you that kind of depth that you know when it comes to making deals at, at uh, the trade deadline, you know right. maybe you don't have to package your, your absolute best prospects or people who are perceived to be that at the beginning of the year. If you have this kind of depth, these are people that you can trade for people who other players who will definitely help you uh, down the stretch at, at the deadline. So, you know, that's where, that's what we're talking. When we're talking about pitching depth, it's not necessarily for opening day. Like you said, this is to get through the whole season. Yeah. And uh, that, I mean, all of that is a necessity when it comes to, you know, it takes a village. Uh, I want to ask you about how you view Twins pitching development from a distance. But first, uh, we got to give some love to game time. So uh, we'll take a quick second to do that. And when we come back, we'll talk more Twins pitching and go deep into the deepest of dives on this Twins bullpen. So game time. If you're ever frustrated looking for tickets, this is your place to go. If you're looking for Wolves tickets in the second half, it's going to be a hot ticket, number one team in the West, number one team in your hearts. And if they stop turning the ball over so dang much, I think they're going to make some real noise and play well into the summer. But if you're looking for tickets to Target Center or getting ready for the twin season coming up, game time is the place to go. You can hop on the game time app and see what's going on around your area if you're in Minnesota, like I am, KC, like Dave is, there's concerts, there's games, there's shows, you name it, Game Time can help you. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see where you're going to be sitting and what it's going to look like. You get all in prices, so you don't have any of that bait and switch on the back end where you end up spending way more than you expected to. And it's literally two taps, the tickets are yours, and you are off and running to the ball game, the show. Whatever it is, it's um, it's great. And with the game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and roll for less elsewhere, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on, all one word, for 20 bucks off your first purchase. That's locked on, L O C K E D O N, for 20 bucks off. Terms do apply, but again, create an account. Redeem code locked on and 20 bucks off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, coming down the home stretch here, Dave. And I wanted to ask you because you would have a more uh, from 10,000 feet or from however many thousand feet perspective. You talked about pitching development. How do you view the Twins? You know, if you were to rank like a Keith Law prospect list, you know, he did his, his farm rankings recently. Um, how would you rank the twins or like generally speaking uh, as a pitching development organization? Like, are they top 10, top five, top 15 in your, uh, in your mind's eye, where are they? I think sometimes those ratings can be fluid and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to tell because you're uh, on the one hand, you're dealing with talent versus uh, timing versus injuries um, 
a little bit of luck involved, maybe. And I'm no Keith Law when it comes to this sort of stuff, but I would say, you know, c- certainly somewhere in the top ten. Uh, you know, you, you kind of like how they apparently to put the finishing touches on Pablo Lopez. I really liked how Joe Ryan has developed, even Over. though, you know, he had some issues, uh, you know, lower body issues last year, and I think that affected uh, his results in the second half more than anything else. But as far as how he's pitching. Pretty darn good. I want to see, uh, you know, can we uh, expect them to make Chris Paddock efficient coming off the Tommy John surgery? Can Anthony DiSclefani sort of reclaim the really great development that he had uh, with the Reds? Um, can he kind of get back on track for that? I want to see Simeon Rids, Rids, Rich, Woods Richardson make a push this year. Um, I want to see Stephen Okert. Um, continue to to harness his slider without uh, having any issues like he did at the end of last season. I, I think that's where the, the development, uh, just a few places. And Josh Stamont, yeah, a guy who had great stuff and sometimes had really good results, he kind of got off track too uh, with the Royals. So I, I think there are a lot of really good, talented cases. I think what we're going to see this year is exactly how good at the major league level, the pitch development is for the twins because they've got people who are in really good shape to kind of break through and have maybe their best season. You went kind of hockey writer on me with that lower body injury designation. I thought maybe you were doing a Jesse. I think about that every time when it, when it's some kind of ankle or knee or whatever it was. I thought you were doing a Jesse Spectre and switching over to hockey for a minute there, but uh, I identify with that. Sure. Yeah, sure. I like uh, I like the Simgan Woods Richardson pull, and I think he and Austin Martin are interesting linchpins to the season. We're not going to talk about position players right now, but the fact that they're not expecting anything out of those guys and still could, I mean, they're still players who have a load of potential. It's it, right. and so that actually is a really good um, transition to my third tier. No wait, fourth tier, which is just Simeon Woods Richardson and uh, Festa, David Festa, I believe. Yeah. Matt Festa from the Mariners or of the Mariners previously is, I think they're related, but I can't say for sure. Um, when they get together, it's a party. Yeah. Right. And so uh, anyhow, that's the tier where it's like, yeah, they might be a starter, but if they need somebody in relief, a couple of guys with live arms, you could go get. Um, but the last tier I want to talk about, cause we're running short on time already here. It kind of seems to happen to us all the time. Um, Ryan Jensen, who has outrighted off the 40. Jeff Brigham, who has big league experience. Matt Bowman, who was a pretty dang good reliever for a minute there in St. Louis. Uh, Hobie Harris with some big league experience. Randy Dobnak, uh, Joe Gunkel, which is just fun to say. Bo Burrows, uh, Caleb Bushley, if I'm remembering correctly. And then Jordan Carr is 32nd on my list. Carr was in the Arizona Fall League, and there were a few highlights coming out from him. So again, this is a fourth tier Nope, sorry, fifth, technically. And you could put Jensen and Brigham on that tier with Cantorino, Hedrick, all the way down to Alexi, and I wouldn't argue. In fact, that'd probably be the place to put them. But again, just an army of guys who have a lot of reason to believe they could at least be decent. And um, to have to be in your like the 20s of this power ranking and still having guys who have big league experience and in some cases a fair amount of it, again, I can't say enough about, while I want them to have a number two starter, this part of the plan makes so much sense to me. Yeah, and I think uh, people don't necessarily want to hear it, but it does make it uh, more prudent 
possibly to wait on adding someone like a, a second starter to see how the season goes sure. uh, rather than jumping in with a big contract right now because you have this depth for a couple reasons. One, maybe you're covered a little bit more than you were. And two, uh, you know, if you have to make a deal, you're not uh, just selling off a huge chunk of the minor league system. You've got uh, depth where you can protect yourself uh, in, in the now and in the future. So um, uh, that the Twins, for, for all the, the arguing that we do over, well, they should bring in this guy or that guy who's still out there to free agent, they, they don't necessarily need to do it, and they do have a backup plan in case uh, it's not going how they want. Yeah, you. I don't think you can say they don't have a plan. That's That would be foolish, even if it doesn't match up with the plan that maybe any of us have put into place in our minds. Um, I do want to ask you something really quick, and then we're going to finish with one other thing here. Uh, so is this a top five bullpen in your estimation, just very quickly? I think so. I think absolutely. I think it's uh, it can be one of the two or three best bullpens if everything goes well. Knock on wood. I have an idea for the last outfield position. We've been talking about um, Adam Duvall, Randall Gritchick, whoever else. I mean, we've been talking about a lot of different guys. There's a battle for center field in Washington between Victor Robles and Jacob Young. I've been thinking about Victor Robles for a while. I thought maybe like a Nick Gordon for Victor Robles swap would make some sense. Now, again, I know Robles was a huge prospect, but I think he's close to running out of chances in Washington. They've talked about him being a change of scenery candidate. So anyway, uh, yeah, I was reading that it's a, a competition in center. Uh, Robles is into his RBers. He's not, well, he's still pretty cheap, but not particularly cheap as he, you know, pre-arb guys, obviously. Um, would you have any interest in Robles as the number four as like, hey, you know, if things come together, he's still got some potential. I think he's only 26. And then it's more protection in center field behind Buxton. In like 2019, absolutely. I, I used to be a big Victor Robles guy. I was hopeful for him. I uh -oh. liked how he played defense. And, uh, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to, uh, you know, I know that Michael Taylor came through there and um, has been a good player for the Twins. And I just don't, I don't see it at this point. I don't think. Uh, other than a, like a triple A kind of depth piece, I don't think he's uh, going to hit enough for it to be worth it. Rob Manfred out after the 2028 season, your thoughts? That it, uh, The next guy probably will be worse. So uh, I don't Probably. know that it matters. It's, it's funny. It's like politics where you look back and you're like, I wish yeah. I would have actually realized how much worse it could get. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, it just, it keeps, it's like a series of escalating dares. To it's kind of like pre the president of the United States. I was thinking about that tonight too. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and honestly, it's going to be a, a selected or elected by the same body. Um, so it's not as though they're going to reinvent the wheel. Um, fun show today, Dave. Thanks so much. Uh, we'll talk. We still got some NRIs to discuss. Twins have a few guys in camp that have some big league experience that have come along on minor league deals. And I think they've run more players through waivers and cleared waivers than anybody else this spring. But uh, yeah, so they've got a lot of depth on the reliever side. Anyway, Dave, thanks so much. Thanks to everyone for listening. This has been Locked on Twins and we'll see you tomorrow night.